It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBose. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away. Right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast with your host, Sandra DeBose. So glad that you're joining us for this episode. This is part two of the 10 tips to build an unbreakable mother-daughter relationship. If you did not get an opportunity to listen to last week's podcast, please check that out. It is part one where I'm giving you the first four tips out of the 10 and today we're going to finish up with this deep dive and I'm going to give you the last six of those tips. So just to recap, the very first four tips, the first one was building good communication between you and your daughter. As you know, it's the key foundational principle to any relationship. I don't care who you in a relationship with, you have to know how to communicate effectively with that person. So that was number one. The second one was that we have to lead by example, mothers. We have to be the type of woman that we are encouraging and teaching our children to be. The third one was that we need to give them room to be themselves and make it okay for them to be authentically who they are and to show us themselves, knowing that no matter who that is, even if they don't even know who that is, we will love them unconditionally. And the fourth one was to let them see our own heartbreak. Let them into your humanness. You know, our children put us on a pedestal. A lot of times they think mama is some special species or an entity, like somehow we're not human and we have to let them see our heartbreak, even though we're trying to be strong woman and we want to show them how to be strong. We also have to let them see our softer side, that we don't have all the answers, that sometimes our heart breaks as well. And that's really okay. And it's really, really okay. So those were the first four. So if you're ready, which I know you are ready, I need you to get your pen. I need you to get your pad. I need you to either put this in your phone or wherever you take notes. Like when you go to church and the pastor get to saying some good stuff, honey, you better write it down so you won't forget. And we're going to move in to the next six tips, 10 tips I'm giving out to build an unbreakable mother-daughter relationship. And don't we all want that? Lord knows we need it. All right, let's keep it going. So moving on to number five. The fifth thing is to be available and you need to pay attention to your child. There is hurt behind their eyes, but if you are too consumed on your phone and with your work and with everything you got going on, you might just miss it. And the answer is right there in front of you. Don't be so busy that you miss out on the most important things that are staring you right in your face. It always bugs me out when you watch television, right? And you see these parents who are like on the news and the child done did something crazy, done blew up a dag on school, done did something, you know what I'm saying? And then the parents is like, I had no idea. 
He was building a daggone bomb in his room. Did you know your child? Where were you when he was collecting all of these guns and doing all of these different crazy things? There cannot be that level of a disconnect where you're estranged from your child because you are really not paying attention. You got to get in there and pay attention and get to know their very heartbeat. And you do that by going out and just creating some fun, trying to find things that you guys can do together, whether that is going to a concert, like what is your kid into, whether it's cheerleading or whatever their activity might be, make sure that you are there, that you're getting involved. Take them to concerts, to the movies, you know, go out on mommy daughter dates, like something fun, you know, just create a fun opportunity for you guys to just let your hair down. You know, just get out of the house and find something that you guys can do and bring that laughter in and that lighthearted energy between the two of you. And that begins to open up the heart space and the opportunity for conversation and all that good stuff, even if it's just in the car ride there, right? So definitely be available. Get your head out of your phone and out of your laptop. Look at this child standing in front of you. Feel her energy and see what's really happening in her life. The sixth thing, you know, <laughs> we are so quick to be like, listen here now, girl, I ain't one of your little friends. You know what I'm saying? And then you're on the opposite end. You have mothers that are too busy trying to be their their daughter's friend and there's not a balance. So what we have to create is that balance. Yes, you want to be available for her to talk to you and to share some tea, you know, girl, I got some hot tea, you know, what's going on with her little friends or whatever the case may be. You want to be there for that. But there also has to be this balance of discipline as well. So yeah, we can kiki, but when I say the kiki and stops and I need that homework to get done and I need to make sure that you are doing these dishes or whatever your chores are around the house or whatever, you have to be able to then reel it in and put that bass in your voice so she knows, ha ha hell, okay, here's where the line is. Now it's mama time and that discipline still has to be enforced, right? And it's it's really a delicate dance and every child is different, but you cannot negate that. So you can't tip the scale in one direction or the other because that's going to be, it's not going to work. You have to find that delicate balance where she understands when she does her part and she listens and she adheres to the discipline then she is able to then enjoy the fun of you being able to say, okay, now what's the tea? And now we can laugh and joke and have a good time once that homework is done. And once, you know what I mean? It Find that balance, but don't be too much on one side where you're hitting her over the head, always trying to discipline her and never just trying to be and, and be available and have fun. And don't be on the other side thinking that you can, you know, be her best friend um, and not handling the business when it comes to discipline and homework and the things that are important. So find that balance. The seventh thing. And now this one is so, oh, it's so important. And especially for single mothers like myself, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing because you want to be able to still have a relationship outside of being a mom, right? So hopefully you have your own set of good girlfriends that you can go hang out with, or maybe it's family members. 
And maybe you have a romantic relationship or want to cultivate that in your own life as well. And you have every right to do that because you're not just a mother. You are a whole woman and every aspect of you deserves to be cared for. Hello, somebody. But when we are managing having these romantic relationships, a lot of times those relationships can get in the way if they are not done delicately. They can get in the way of your relationship with your children. If you're dealing with somebody that your children doesn't like, somebody who may be not so good to you and maybe not so good for you, but yet maybe you're lonely and you just want to entertain. And then the thing is too, you always have to be very mindful of bringing these people around your children and most importantly, bringing them into your home and in your bed. Now, I'm not judging Let's be clear. I'm not judging anyone. All I'm saying is be mindful of one, the example you are setting for your daughter, right? So if you're bringing someone into your home, into your bedroom, be mindful of these men that are around your daughter. Be mindful of their energy. You may like him for you, but can you trust him around your child? I mean, come on, what are we talking about? We already know. We hear the horror stories all the time of what mama's boyfriend did to their child. And that is just something that you cannot apologize for enough. There is no apology that's going to erase any kind of abuse that your daughter would have to suffer because you did not properly vet some man that you let come in your house because you had an itch that you needed to be scratched. Can I just keep it real? I mean, I'm just saying what I'm saying because I love these kids and I want to make sure that they are protected and they are secure. It's not for them to tell you, but I'm grown and I can let you know, get it together. When it comes to those kind of things, you better be mindful and you need to be vetting these people and stop taking it for granted. Like everybody that's smiling in your face ain't going to be equally smiling in your little girl's face when you turn your head. It happens every day. It happens all too often. And all I'm saying, because I love you, is don't let it happen on your watch. Be mindful. There's a way to do things. Yes, you deserve to have that relationship and you can. And at first, maybe the safest thing to protect your child is to keep it outside the house until he proves to you that he is worthy, that he is safe. Those are the kind of things that we have to be really mindful of. It's difficult as a single mom to be able to manage those relationships. It can be done, but it has to be done with you being very cognizant. You can't be so open that you compromise your child. Don't ever compromise your child and her safety because you sweet on somebody. I'm just saying it's a real thing. We see it all the time. And also just know that she's watching how you get down. So if you having Tom, Dick and Harry running through there, you are not in a position to be sitting up in her bedroom doorway, chastising her about who she on the phone with and her doing this and her doing that. When you know you're not leading the best example, just be mindful. Like I said, I'm not trying to judge, but I am going to keep it real. We are all held accountable because when it goes down and something goes awry, don't look like you're surprised when you knew what the possibilities were. You knew. We all know. And so we all have to move 
very, very carefully. And you know what that takes? It takes sacrifice. We got to make some sacrifices. And that is one of the main ingredients of being any kind of good mama. There's some things you're going to have to sacrifice. Namely, some of the things that you want and some of the things that you need until it's your time. So just be mindful of that, please. Don't put no man in front of your mothering. Do it right. Protect those babies, okay? Protect your child. The eighth thing. We want to teach our daughter how to have high self-esteem. What does that look like? We have to affirm them. We have to tell them that they are beautiful. We have to tell them that they're smart. We have to show them their value. We cannot tear them down with our words and being so judgmental and nitpicky about any like superficial things. We have to help to foster healthy self-esteem and we have to encourage them. And give them affirmation so that they can begin to develop that inner self-love for themselves. Because quite honestly, the world is working on the opposite end. Always trying to tear women down. Always telling us that we're not enough. Our butt's not big enough. We're not pretty enough, light enough, dark enough, tall enough, rich enough, pretty enough toes, pretty this, pretty... I mean, whatever. There's too much pressure. The last thing that they need from home is for a mother who's tearing them down as well. Speak life to your child. Let her know that she's brilliant. Let her know what she's capable of. Let her know that she is a princess evolving into a beautiful queen, that she is deserving of all good things. And the way that you do that is that you got to know that and believe that for yourself. So if you're suffering with low self-esteem, the first thing you need to do is get yourself right. Find out how you can build your own self-esteem so that you can then be the light and that example for your daughter. Help her be her best self by being your best self. Make that commitment to both of you. But she's going to need that self-esteem and that, that confidence as she's moving through the world because that is going to dictate the experiences that she has based on what she expects and what she believes she deserves. That's what she will cultivate, and so will you. So make sure that you are affirming your child, teaching her how to have healthy self-esteem, and surround her with positive role models. Be intentional about it. Take her to those teen conferences about college and all of this great empowerment. There are resources out there. Introduce her to that. Maybe that's not your strength, but you can find those resources out there for her so that she can get around those positive role models and consistently enforce that belief system inside of herself. So make a commitment to that. And also promote her natural beauty. Help her to see just how beautiful she is naturally so she won't feel like in order for me to be considered beautiful, I have to contort myself. I have to do all of these things, the standards that the world is saying I need to live by in order to be validated by them. Let her know just in her natural beauty, she is more than enough and she is beautiful even in her own unique ways. Okay, that's the work. The ninth thing is that you want to model healthy relationships in front of her. Whether that's with your own good girlfriends, whether that is in romantic relationships or relationships with your family, you want to show her 
what those healthy relationships even look like. A lot of times we can't have healthy relationships because not for nothing, we've never even seen one. And then we're looking at some Disney ideal or something that we've seen on television trying to emulate something that's not even real. But we need to be able to see those examples of healthy relationships. And what does that look like if you have those good girlfriends in your life? You know, it can't be all about this drama. It can't be all about this talking behind one another's back and all of this fake stuff, right? Like they're looking at reality television. They're seeing these aesthetically beautiful women. But what are they doing? They're scratching each other's eyes out. They're hating on one another. And they need to see that this is not the way that this is supposed to go down. They need to see examples of black women, especially loving on one another, empowering one another, being there for one another, speaking well of one another. They need to see that. So you need to model that in the relationships that you have. Show them what it looks like so that they can recreate that. Show her how she can be a good friend. If you want to have a good friend, you need to be a good friend. Teach her how to do that. And teach her that one of the key ingredients of having a long-term healthy relationship is that you got to be willing to forgive people. Are you forgiving? Or does she see you bitter and angry and mad at the world? What is she seeing you do? Live it out before her. Teach her how to forgive. Teach her how to love on other people and how to create the kind of relationships that she deserves and teach her how to create healthy boundaries for people that are toxic and that are not healthy in her life. Let her know that it is okay. This person is not a good friend for you. This relationship is not mutually beneficial. This is not the kind of person that deserves to have a seat at the table in your life. And guess what? It's okay because it's your table. And if you decide you do not want to eat with this person, then you have the right and you are empowered to say not so much. Healthy relationships only. Cultivate that and coach her on how she can have it. The last one, tip number 10, and probably one of the most important ones. As we are raising women, we have to teach them how to pray. We have to teach them how to create a spiritual practice. Now, whether you are a part of any organized religion or not, it's irrelevant. You could be Christian, Muslim. It does not matter what faith you decide to follow that resonates with you. What matters is that you teach your child that she is not here by herself, that there is a source that she can tap into, that even when you're gone or daddy's gone, the friends are gone, that even in the midnight hour, that there is a God and a creator that loves her and that she could always go to the source and tap into the source and pray and receive peace, receive guidance from the Holy Spirit, that she is never alone, that she is empowered with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of her. You got to teach her how to have a spiritual practice. So whether that's through prayer, whether that is through yoga and getting centered, whether that is through deep meditation, give her the tools that she needs in order to move as a woman in this world because she is going to need it. Empower her with that. Whether your thing is sage and you burn those evil spirits and energy out of your house, teach her how to light a candle. Teach her how to anoint her 
her own head and to pray over herself and speak over herself. Show her, model that for her. Walk through the house and pray. Walk through the house and bind every devil. You got to do it. And you got to show her that it is okay and that she is empowered to do that. So when she grows up and she gets in her own home, she has those tools because she saw and she had a praying mother. She saw a mother who was empowered and she learned from the best. And you teach her about those tools. You teach her about self-care. You know, as women, we are taught to take care of everybody. We got everything to do. But we have not always been taught We have not always seen, especially those of us who are in our 40s, mothers or grandmothers who modeled self-care. We saw them working their fingers to the bone, but did we really ever see them stop and take that bubble bath? Did we really see them stop and go get that manicure, that pedicure, that massage, and just take care of themselves and restore Have we been shown that it's really okay to fill your own cup, to put your mask on first before you're trying to save everybody else's life while you yourself are suffocating? We got to show them a different way than what we grew up seeing because as we know, that does not work. It will lend itself to health issues and exhaustion by the time you get older. We have to learn from the beginning how to have that balance in our lives, how we take care of our responsibility. And part of that responsibility is to be responsible for our own self-care because nobody's going to take care of you like you take care of you. But we have to teach her that it's not only okay, but it is imperative that she do so. So teach her how to pray and teach her how to pamper herself when she needs it. That it's okay to go away and cry and set yourself aside for a little while until you refuel. Until you reconnect with that inner part of you and that you get centered and restored and then you come back to the table. But in no way is she responsible to run herself into the ground. That is not what it's supposed to look like. That was never God's intention for us. And we have to learn how to take better care of ourselves. So teach her by showing her how do you do that? How do you love a black woman? Let me show you how and model that for her. So those are the 10 tips that I have. I really hope that there was at least one tip that I gave out of those 10 that really resonated with you. And that is something that you can walk away from this episode And start to apply that within your relationship with your daughter. When we look out into the world as it is today, we see that our children are lost and we are the ones that can help them find their way. And so I hope that you are inspired to do so. I have a very special guest now that I really want to introduce. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast, my very own baby girl, this is Elasia Gibson. Welcome, child, to the Hi. Urban Parlay. Hello, everyone. We're talking about mothers and their teen daughters and how to build an unbreakable relationship. And I feel like we have been blessed um, because I think Very we have so. a really cool relationship, don't you think? I would agree. I would agree. Well, and you agree? Just a little. A little, right? Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have to, like, kill you or anything or, like, 
you know. Mm, I would hope not. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, you don't make me, like, totally crazy or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I know, like, I'm just a joy, yeah? A joy. A joy, like, you Mm -hmm. know, I make you really happy, yeah? Absolutely, I can definitely co-sign on that deal. (laughs) Girl, bye. Anyway. (laughs) Anyways. Um... But I really wanted you to chime in because I don't want people to think, you know, I'm making stuff up. I know that you have some ideas and some thoughts, too, as it relates to what a teenage daughter can do to work on her relationship with her mother. So I really wanted to get your input. I know you have a myriad of friends and you get to see some other um, dynamics, dynamics of mother daughter relationships. And so. What advice would you give? What tips would you give to the teen daughters who might be in breakdown with their mother? What are some thoughts that you have that you've seen in your experience? I think the first tip that comes to mind for me would be to look at your parent, whether that be a mother or a father, whatever parent you're blessed with, um, to look at them as more than just your parent and as just a regular human being that comes with a set of struggles And I feel as though once you understand that they're just another human being, just trying to figure it all out, it gives room for grace and understanding on both parts. So it's less judgment and less, I guess, aggression all the time. Yeah, or expectation of perfection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that, definitely. What else? What other thoughts do you have? The second thing that comes to mind is looking at the pathology in the history of your parents' parents, when you look at your grandparents and how they act, and when you think about what do you think you would be like if you were to be raised by your grandparents and how (laughs) they, you know, parent, how their personalities and living with them on a daily basis, I think it gives a lot of insight into why parents act the way they act um, and why they parent the way they parent, because a lot of things are just mirrored actions that they've learned. Yeah. Um, which not not always is a good thing. A lot of the times, you know, there's generational curses that are passed down, so it's not always a positive. Right. Um, but with that, having that insight allows you to have a better understanding of your parent, your mother, your father. Better understanding leads to better relationships. Like once you can communicate and really comprehend and understand from where the person is coming from, I think that really plays a big part in creating a unconditional um, relationship and strong relationship. Yeah, unbreakable relationship. Yeah, is what we were saying. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great tip. You know, and I think part of that is when you look at that dynamic. For any teenager, you also can make that decision what you won't do. Exactly. <laughs> you learn a lot. You learn a lot. You know, you realize that you also are empowered to change that dynamic within your own family. Exactly. Which is really strong. That's good stuff. So one story that I like to share about Elysia is, you know, as I said before, our children are really our greatest teachers. And my children have definitely taught me some really invaluable lessons in my life. One of the lessons that Elasia taught me was when my ex-husband and I decided to divorce. And for you parents out there that have experienced that, you know, a big part of that challenge is all of the guilt we feel as parents, all of the concern we have for how our decision or failure as we may view it at the time 
is going to have a huge impact on our children. How are they going to deal with it? Are they going to be angry with us? Are, will they ever forgive us? Will they want to be married? Will they have healthy relationships? Like there's so many different emotions as to why we stay in marriages. We do it. We say for the children many times. But at the end of the day, when you've made the decision, whatever the circumstances may be, to leave the marriage, when you're a parent, the first thought is always, what about the kids? And so for me, that was the biggest, biggest struggle and the biggest pain point. I knew that whatever my heartbreak was, I'm grown and I'll get over it. I'll move past this. But what am I doing to my children? I want to protect them. And I remember Elasia was 12. Were you 12 at the time? No. Uh, you were don't 11. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't know. I was just there. Literally. You were 11. You were 11 at the time. And when we told you and your older sister uh, what our decision was, of course, that was a very, um, what word would you use to describe that? I honestly don't remember it. You don't? Not at all. Maybe you blocked it out of your mind. I block out a lot of things. You block out a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I got just you. aren't there anymore. Well, I remember, and of course, it was very sad. You know, it was a, um, you know, very emotional day for everybody. But I remember that you, you know, you started to cry, and you were in disbelief, of course, when we sat down and told you and your sister, and then you went upstairs to cry, and you were, and your sister went to console you, and I remember being in the kitchen. Myself, you know, you know, us women, we're like doing busy work. You know, my mind is all over the place. I'm crying in the kitchen by myself and washing dishes and sweeping and wiping the counter, you know, just doing anything because I'm just so upset and all these different thoughts going through my mind. And I remember a few hours later, Elijah comes back down the stairs. She comes to the kitchen. And as soon as I saw her, I was just like, Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm mommy. Sorry. I really tried. I'm, you know, really kind of pleading with her to try to help her to understand that I just, I really did my best and I'm sorry for the pain that I know that it was causing her. And she just looked up at me and it was the sweetest little face. And she just said, it's okay, mommy. I just want you to be happy. And I was just like, I was absolutely floored. Of course, I was just a ball of tears because it was so freeing that her she showed me what unconditional love really looks like. That even in the midst of her pain, her disappointment, her fear, all of the uncertainty, what does this mean for this family? Like, what is tomorrow going to look like? Do I have to live with you? Or I mean, all of these questions that this child had, she let me know that it was okay for me to be happy. And it was the greatest gift that she could have ever given to me to say, I understand and you deserve to be happy. Period. Period, right? And it stands to this day. And it stands to this day. Thank you, sweetheart. And I mean, wow, what an incredible lesson of what love really, really looks like. She didn't understand. She had every right to be angry and fearful and all of those things but her innate reaction was just to release me from the pain that I was in and say, it's okay. I trust you. I know it's going to be all right. And you deserve to be happy. And so thank you for that, darling. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Time. Thank you. Thank you. So she's one of my greatest teachers. And so 
I want you to consider that, moms, that your children are also your greatest teachers. And when you can cultivate the kind of relationship that you've always dreamed that you could have with your daughter, it is possible. Now, everybody doesn't want that at the same time. You know, <laughs> she may or may not grab hold of the vision, <laughs> mm. you know, but even if it doesn't start off that way in time, just like I shared in the first part of this uh, session that, you know, with my mom, it was not a great time when I was a teenager, but my mom is like my ride or die. I mean, we still fuss and fight. <laughs> not really. We just bicker. But as just as two women who have different personalities, it's all in love. It's all in fun and understanding. But for us to be able to be as close as we are today is really a miracle when you look at where we've come from. So I just want to encourage all of you that keep working at it. You know, what what you put into it is what you will get out of it. And just really pray because there's some things that only God can fix in his own divine timing. And know when you can, you, when it's time to lean and press in and know when it's time to fall back a little bit and let God do his work inside of her and inside of you. So thank you, Elijah May, for uh, being here today. My pleasure, Mother. Anytime. Thank you. And on behalf of myself and my daughter, we really wish all the blessings for you and your daughter and for the young ladies in your life. I thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, I bid you adieu. And I wish you peace and blessings. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay Podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe. And then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay Podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash urban parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. Vibe with the tribe right here on the Urban Parlay.